Is it June yet? A storied CFL franchise. Riley, he's going to keep it. He hits the five. Hey, Edmonton, that's your quarterback. Mike Riley to the end zone. Touchdown, Eskimo. With a loyal and passionate following. We finally can say we're champions. Bring it back to the seat of champions. This is the show that brings you the stories and personalities of the green and gold. Yeah. Six thirty, Chad. This is the Eskimo Show. Now your host, Morley Scott, on Eskimos Radio. Six thirty, Chad. We are one week closer to CFL football. Good afternoon, everybody. Busy week for the Canadian Football League this week. Lots to talk about on the show this afternoon. First and foremost, a couple of announcements by the league. Uh, they finally have a new drug policy in place after uh, many, many months of trying to put one together. That was announced this week. Uh, the league also announced jointly with the National Football League this week that they're going to uh, begin an officials developmental program. It's going to see NFL officials and CFL officials trade places and work in each other's leagues for a little bit. CFL officials will attend training camps and mini camps in the NFL. They'll also get a chance to work in some uh, preseason NFL games as well. And there will be NFL officials coming north to work in the preseason and in the regular season. It's also mini camp uh, season right now in the Canadian Football League. The Eskimos involved in that last weekend from Sunday through until Tuesday of last week. They had a mini camp in Florida. That will be the main focus of the show today. In the back half of We'll talk with quarterback Mike Riley, who was on the field for the first time with new head coach Jason Moss. But in the front half hour, we'll talk with the general manager, Ed Hervey, joins us now. And, Ed, thanks for making time. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Morley? Uh, very good, thank you. Uh, a week ago, uh, you and your staff were in Florida at the Eskimos minicamp. Uh, first off, uh, general thoughts on the camp? Did everything go smoothly? Yeah, everything, <clears throat> excuse me, everything went uh you know, as well as we had hoped it would. You know, we, you know, there's a few guys out there that we believe can, uh, you know, we have a chance with. You know, obviously with a three-day camp, you, know, you get only to see flashes. You know, they're not in helmets and pads. But, uh, you know, the athleticism is there. You know, the ability to learn what's being taught was there. And the, the comfort level and adjusting to the game is there. So, like every mini camp, you know, you see some guys that do well and they get to training camp. You know, some guys rise and some guys fall. But for the most part, uh, we feel very good about what we'll be bringing to training camp. So the the quality you had scouted and seen on, on video and everything seemed to carry over to, to what you saw in, li- in live in live action? Yeah. Yeah, we feel yeah we feel very good about, you know, the guys that, you know, we're bringing in. Um, you, know, you know, the guys, some guys did, um, you know, everything that we had hoped they would do and some guys – that we thought would uh, do really well, you know, didn't quite level out the way we thought. But, I mean, that's typically the way, you know, mini camps work when you have 54 or 55 guys out there. But, you know, the guys that we've selected, that we're selecting in the process of uh, bringing to uh, training camp, you know, they'll get their opportunities to do all that in pads and, and have more time to do it. So it's uh, it'll be an interesting uh, camp to see them go, and, and we're excited about it. I know you had quarterbacks there, uh, and you had a couple of your veteran players there as well, but for the most part, were the players taking part signed players, uh, negless players, free agent players? What were, what were the majority of the players there? Well, it's, it's, it's our mini camp, which it doubles as, our, as a rookie camp for us. So <clears throat> with the exception of our veterans that we have there, I mean, most of the players, some are contracted, some are – uh, you know, negless. Some guys are free agent uh, invitation uh, signed under a waiver, right? It's just a combination of all 
all that, you know, that, that allows you to get evaluations. You know, we only can have so many on the roster. And uh, once you get past those numbers, then you're forced to, you know, find other ways to get a look. So, you know, all the ways that we use are all the ways that we are able to get the evaluation. Was this kind of a last chance for some guys to get that training camp invite? Yeah. That's, again, that, that's what minicamp is. It's, uh, you know, you come in you, with the entire staff there, all the coaches, everyone, uh, including players that are rookies that are uh, on our, you know, that were on our roster, the or the practice roster for the previous year, they get invited as well, just to showcase what they have and show that they can, uh, you know, how much they've improved. And, and this year, which is different than in recent years, you know, you, you're you're impre- trying to impress a new staff, a new coach. So, I think for the most part, you know, those guys given an opportunity to showcase. Um, yes, it can be a, a last chance for some. It's also an opportunity for guys like Adarius and, and Deion Lacey who are there to learn uh, the you know the new offenses and new defenses, and um, you know get an opportunity to be feel comfortable in Deion's case to play a position. So it, it was a benefit for all veterans and rookies for sure. Uh, let's uh, talk about Deion a little bit more. Then uh, where do you see him this year? I mean, he's he's kind of that guy. He can he can be on the D line. He can be in the linebacking core. You obviously have openings at both positions with uh, with some guys who have left this year. Uh, what's your vision for Dion Lacey, who has been such a great special teams player his first couple of years in the league? Well, we're going we're gonna to give Dion uh, an opportunity to see what best fits for, for Dion. We know he's a tremendous athlete, very good football player. He's, been, he's excelled in special teams. But we feel now is the time for you know him to establish himself at, a, at one position. And, uh, you know, we're going to see what he looks like at, you know, at the, the vacated Will linebacker position uh, that was vacated by Dexter McCoy, but we also know he has the ability to rush the passer. So, you know, wherever he, he finds a fit that's comfortable for him and where the coaches feel best for him, you know, we'll be good with. But there's definitely a place on this football team for, for Deion Lacey. Yeah, he's really been the guy who is – his uh, his progress over the last couple of years has been real good. I mean, we saw him uh, be a terrific special teams player. And then last year, as the season kind of wore on, he got more involved in the, in the defensive part of the game. And you kind of saw some snippets of, of just how good a football player he is. Yeah, no, Dion is a you know can be seen as a you know, versatile player. Um, you know, jack of many trades. Um, you know, but we would like to see if he can master one as well. And if if, if if Deion Lacey's on the field and can and can be a very good outside linebacker, you know, obviously that role would be something that I think he would he would uh, definitely thrive in. I mean, he's very physical. Uh, he can run, and you know, he's one of your better football players. And if he, if he's on the field more, obviously, uh, you know, it, it bodes well for the defense. Uh, this camp, I assume some guys that you have found throughout your uh, your off-season camps, your your free agent camps and your tryout camps uh, were brought in. Uh, talk about finding guys like that. I mean, you you went through a process the last few years. You've brought in guys like, like Grimes and McCoyle and Walker and Jefferson, guys who have kind of filtered down to become, who, who at some point became real good players on your football club. Uh, Walker's still here, obviously. Some other guys have gone to the NFL. How tough is it just to keep finding those impact players to make a, to make an impact on your football club, especially when you got holes to fill every year? 
No, I think that's the beauty of the of the business. You know, you got to give credit to the entire staff. I mean, Paul Jones and Tory Hunter and, you know, and Chris when he was here, you know, everyone collectively, like all teams, you know, collectively go out and find quality players, bring them to the camp and see what they can do. You know, as far as mini camp is concerned, then they take it to that next level to the training camp if they're able to excel. And I think for us, the philosophy remains the same. You know, you go out there and still look for the athletes that you feel can play at this level uh, have the knowledge of their backgrounds, knowledge of what they've done on film, and have you know we have a vast knowledge of uh, watching them on film. <clears throat> but when they're invited to the mini camp, you you need you know you need you hope that that translates uh, fast enough for the coaches to feel comfortable with making it a, uh, a selection of saying that these are guys. This is a guy that we feel has it. And I've seen cases where some guys didn't play well in mini camps, and we brought those guys anyway. And, uh, you know, they've, they've had good seasons, uh, you know, and has impacted the roster. I think, you know, you look at John Ojo's case last year, minicamp, he didn't have the best minicamp, but we all felt strongly about his ability and, and you know, felt that he was going to come and, and come into camp. And when he got into pads, it was a different game for him. So, you know, you have to be able to judge that too and be able to, to assess that and feel comfortable knowing that a minicamp is not the tell, end-all, be-all for some players, but, in, in some cases, it can be, depending on uh, what side of the, you know, the ledger they're on. Especially if you have vast knowledge of their past playing ability, you can so you can give that guy benefit of the doubt. If it's a couple of guys that you find at a tryout camp, workout camp, and you have just snippets of of their ability, and then you go back and watch as much film as you can, those guys tend to you need them to to excel much faster because you know you have a lot of time and research placed in other guys. Do you take into effect that uh, sometimes this is the first time these guys have been on the field with the Canadian rules, you know, the waggle, the one yard off the line and all that stuff? Is there? Do you take in the fact that, hey, we've got to give them an adjustment period to see how they can adjust to the new rules? <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, we do that with all of them. But understand that every player that's being brought in is being measured under the same guidelines, right? It's the first time from all of them. So it's who can adapt the fastest, who can understand – what's being taught, how you can be versatile enough to go from one side of the field to the other, and, and whether it's on offense or defense, to be able to adapt and play and show the coaches that you have an ability to uh, grasp what's being taught, take that, translate it into making plays. And, you know, the, the only advantage that guys in minicamp would have are the guys who've been on our roster or practice roster the year before. They have a slight advantage because the learning curve isn't as steep. However, uh, going out there and making plays and covering in one-on-one, those are natural skills, and and receivers going one-on-one, those are natural abilities that they have. And the the, the nuances of the CFL game don't necessarily matter at that point. It's just a matter of one-on-one making plays and showing us that you can get open or cover and do all those other things. Mm-hmm. Eskimos Vice President of Football and General Manager Ed Hervey joining us on the Eskimo Show this afternoon. Uh, Ed, uh, give me your thoughts on uh, Jacoby Ford, who was uh, kind of a high-profile NFL guy that you signed during the offseason. I mean, jo- Jacoby uh, got a lot of speed. I mean, you know, he has a, a tremendous amount of speed. You know, again, we were in uh, you know, without helmets and, and, and shoulder pads, but um, you know, he's 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 as, he's as fast as advertised. You know, I can I can say that. Um, when he gets out there on the field, you know we're gonna see what he has, and you know what his punt return skills and kickoff return skills, and 
you know, I would imagine that the big field would, would benefit his, his style of play. And, you know, like our Eskimo fans, we're all looking forward to seeing what he does and hoping that, you know, his skills translate to our game and he could be an impact player for us. Is he in the mix for both the returning returners job and uh, a spot in the offense? You know, that's what, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, that's what he's coming to compete for. You know, we're not going to limit his abilities. If he's one of those players that has just uh, the, you know, a knack for making plays and a, and a tremendous amount of ability, you want those players on the field at all times. But it is, it's up to him to be able to, um, you know, go out there and show that he, he's able to, A, learn what he's supposed to do, line up correctly, be available, meaning his health, and more importantly, make the plays when they when they when he's called upon. So yes, there's an expectation there, but you know I'm not going to apply a lot of pressure because he's not being brought in to, uh, you know, to be the sole player that we we depend on to make plays for us. He's he's coming in as a as a portion, uh, as a piece of the puzzle, and as long as he's able to live up to his abilities and expectations, uh, I think he'll do just fine. Ed, I know you're watching players at your mini camp last week. Were you watching your coaches as well? First time on the field for new staff under Jason Moss as a head coach. Yeah, you watch everything. I mean, you know, I, I've watched it all. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I just notice things that are, you know, good for for the players, and I don't really get into the mix, but I do watch the interaction between coaches and players, and vice versa, and making certain that, you know, we, our organization wants to treat the players. Right, treat them like men, you know, coach them well, develop them, and uh, give ourselves a chance to to be, you know, a competitive football team. And, uh, you know, just watching our coaching staff this past uh, weekend, I think they did an excellent job with the players, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they do throughout the season. I think the players are going to enjoy this staff, and it's going to be exciting times for the guys that are returning and the guys who are coming in to compete. You worked on the field uh, for a few years with Jason Moss. What's it been like uh, working with him off the field in that general manager coach relationship? Uh, that's great. I mean, we're we you know we've known each other. We have a comfort level with one another. Um, you know, he's he's uh, you know he understands the business of football. He understands his role as the coach, head coach, and he understands managing his coaches and and, and the players. And he's done an excellent job with that so far and I think as we're shaping the roster and talking and interacting as you know we go through the players one by one and, and you know talking about the roster and the cut downs that are about to happen here in the next little bit uh, he's been pretty hands-on and you know I'm, I'm excited for him in that respect and I think that with his abilities and his knowledge and his understanding of the game he's only going to grow into being one of the I think he's going to grow into one of the better coaches head coaches in this league uh, given times, it's just you know, like everyone needs the first opportunity, and uh, as we've seen in recent years with across the league, you know, guys are given their chance to to shine, and I think he's going to be one of them. Ed Hervey joining us on the Eskimo Show this afternoon. A couple more for you, Ed. First off, since last time we had a chance to talk, uh, uh, you and the Eskimos completed the contract extension uh, with quarterback Mike Riley. How important was that in your mind to get done this off season and before he went into the final year of his contract this year? No, it's very important. I mean, it's as I said, I the way I work, you know, I'm very uh, you know detailed on on how we want to approach player signings, and you know, methodical in some ways. But that was uh, a priority for us, and I think they knew, you know, Mike knew. So it wasn't anything that we were under pressure or under the gun to do. 
it was something that I said that we would definitely look at and get done prior to mini camp. Um, and, you know, Mike has been everything that we had hoped for when we traded for him. And, um, you know, I think his, his leadership abilities on and off the field, he's, uh, he's proven himself here in Edmonton as, in, as well as the league. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're pleased that we were able to come to terms and uh, looking forward to many more years of Mike Riley and, and going out there and watching him play. Excellent. Uh, Ed, a uh, couple of announcements by the CFL this past week. First, uh, uh, the new drug policy got put into place. Are you happy with the, the fact that that is finally, you know, written down and, uh, and kind of confirmed by both the CFL and the CFLPA and everybody can move on now? Yeah, it's important that a professional league has a drug policy, and that's something that I know the league and the PA has worked really hard together on. And, uh, yes, it is something that we need. It legitimizes our, our, our sport, legitimizes our league, and, um, you know, we, we're not seen as a, as a rogue league by those in, the, you know, in other sports. So, yeah, I would say that it's, it's very big. It's, it's important for our league. Uh, now, that was expected. What wasn't expected, I think, was the uh, announcement about uh, an agreement between the CFL and the NFL uh, amongst the officials, and it's going to see some, some movement of officials uh, from, from south of the border to north of the border and north of the border to the south of the border, uh, an opportunity for, obviously, the CFL to get that group of people in a better position and to, and to do a better job. Anything to improve the game. You know, that's what we want. I think that's what our fans want. I know that's what we want as uh, operators, uh, managers of our of our brand and our teams. You know, the players uh, want it, deserve it, and the fans deserve it. So anything that improves the on-field product, you know, we're all for. Camp's about uh, about five weeks away, Ed. Are you, are you happy with where your roster sits now, and can we expect to see much movement between now and when camp opens at the end of the month in May? I think we'll we'll see a few things happening here and there, but I mean we have the draft coming up. Um, you know, you know those days are always something that uh, draft day is always something that provi- you know provides a little excitement. I would say from time to time. I'm not certain that we we're going to be involved in it, but you never know. Uh, as far as the roster, we'll continue to tweak the roster until uh, all the players arrive. You know, we're never going to turn away a player that we feel can impact our roster. If something were to come up, whether it be a trade from a team within the league or a player on our negotiation list that comes free that's looking to uh, come north, you know, we'll tweak the roster to maintain uh, our competitive edge. And more importantly, we'll tweak the roster if it gives us an opportunity to, to be that much better of a football team. So we're always looking to, to make moves. Ed Hervey, I thank you for your time this afternoon. Appreciate it. No problem. Thanks, Morley. You know, it's getting to be that time of the season when players start to filter their way back into the city for the beginning of a new season. Uh, some players, of course, stayed here all throughout the offseason. Many are on their way back uh, throughout late April and early May. And, uh, of course, training camp gets started at the end of May. Eskimos announced this week that this coming Saturday, Saturday, April 30th, they will have an Eskimos open house with a meet-and-greet autograph session with some Eskimo players. It's going to be at Commonwealth Stadium at the team store. It will go Saturday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Also, they're going to have some great deals on some merchandise, including 60% off jerseys. That's coming up Saturday.
uh, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the team store at Commonwealth Stadium. We'll take a break now. Head to the 630 Chad 24-hour news center. When we return, we'll talk with the quarterback of the Edmonton Eskimos, Mike Riley. That and more as we roll along on the Eskimo Show here on 630 Chad. We're back on the Eskimo Show, and as promised, Mike Riley, quarterback of the Great Cup champion Edmonton Eskimos, joins us. Mike, how are you? Thanks for taking time out to talk to us today. No, I'm doing good, Morley. Always a pleasure talking with you. So thanks for having me on. What's it been like this off season? Uh, it's uh, you've gone through an off season as a Grey Cup champion before, but not quite like this. Obviously, you had much more of an impact in in the Eskimo season last year. What's it been like for you going through the off season and starting to prepare for a new season as a Grey Cup champion? Uh, you know, it's been a great off season. I, I finished the season healthy for the most part, so I didn't have to, you know waste December and January rehabbing. Um, so that was a nice change from the last couple of years. Um, you know, and I was able just to get right into workouts uh, after the new year started. And, you know, I feel like I'm I'm definitely uh, in a good place physically and mentally heading into, you know, the last month before training camp. And, um, you know, it's just in terms of being a Grey Cup champion, it's funny because, um you know, I don't really think about it too much, honestly, when I'm getting ready, when I'm working out and things like that. It just seems like business as usual. And then, um, you know, we'll go somewhere where, uh, you know, maybe we're doing a CFL appearance. I was in Toronto last week doing the Adidas uh, New Jerseys and, and stuff like that and TSN. There was like 50 or so guys from around the league and, um, you know, all the star players from the different teams and everybody, you know, coming up and saying congratulations and stuff like that. Uh you almost sit there and go like, man, what are they congratulating me for? And then you realize, uh, that's right, we won the Grey Cup, and we still haven't even started another season since then. It just seems like it's been a long time since uh, November 29th, and I'm ready to get back out on the field. Um, it was great to win that Grey Cup, but uh, that's done and over with, and now the work begins to do it again. Before we go any further, what can you tell me about the new jerseys? <laughs> nothing. I had to sign a, a non-disclosure agreement, so I will tell you absolutely nothing <laughs> other then the fact that there is some green and there is some gold. <laughs> but, um, you know, I like them a lot. Uh, I think the fans are going to be uh, really happy with them. And in terms of the players, uh, you know, they're, they're very comfortable, and I think they look good. Um, you know, and, and that's not just our team jerseys. That's uh, a lot of the other jerseys for the other teams as well. I think Adidas did a really good job. All right. Uh you uh, were at the mini camp a week ago, and then, as you say, uh, you went to Toronto to take part in, in in the media day with several other players. I imagine your competitive juices and your excitement for football really got rolling because of all that. Yeah, absolutely. It was great to uh, to get on the field and put into practice all the stuff that Coach Moss had been talking about for the last four or five months. Uh, you know, I've had a lot of good meetings with him in person and on the phone. Um, you know, and on Skype and just going through the X's and O's of what we're going to try to do offensively during the course of the season. Um, you know, it was great to do the mental part of that, but to finally get out on the field and uh, and see his coaching style and, and the rest of the staff, um, you know, and, and how they all work together uh, in getting us prepared and ready to go each and every day. Um, you know, just seeing, you know, how he does his corrections, watching film and things like that. Uh, it, it was awesome to get that little sneak peek. And, yeah, it definitely just got me that much more excited for, for late May, early June. Tell me about Jason Moss's coaching style then. What, what was he like on the field? It's great. Uh, you know, he's obviously a very intelligent guy. He knows every little last detail about the offense, uh, you know, and, and it's always very consistent, the information that he's given out. And there's been a ton of thought put in 
to every last little detail, whether it's, um, you know, the, the route combos uh, or the alignment of the wide receivers or the drop of the quarterback and the progression. It, it all works together extremely well, and it's all been thought out, um, and I like that part of it. And the other part of it, too, is he coaches, he coaches the players, myself included, hard. Um, you know, we keep it light and we have a good time, and he, he certainly enjoys the game of football. But when we're watching film and we're doing corrections, no one is safe uh, from criticism. And, and that's what I like, honestly. I, I think that uh, that's the only way that you get better is when somebody points out your mistakes, and that's how you learn from them. And there was, uh, you know, sometimes I felt like, you know, I thought I had a really good camp in terms of uh, being mentally focused and sharp. But there was also times where I made mistakes, and he made sure to point them out to me. And I think that uh, that type of stuff is going to help me and everybody else on the team uh, to get the most out of our potential and to play the best that we can. So I really did like that. I like the fact that, uh, you know, he's competitive and fiery, and, and there was a lot of energy out on the practice field. Um, you know, and again, I think he has just a, a certain way of going about making his corrections where you're going to listen and you're going to respect him. Uh, but you're going to enjoy the game of football as well. So I really did like all of that, and, you know, I just can't wait to get back at it again. How difficult is his offense to pick up? Uh, I know you've done this before and gone through new offenses and had to learn new new phrases and new terminology. How different is it, and how different is it going to be to pick up for not just you but everybody else in the offense? Um, not too different, honestly. Uh, there There's some subtle changes and there's some, some obvious changes, but uh, – you know, for the most part, the structure and the, uh, you know, the way that we call our plays is very similar to what we've done the last two years on offense. Um, you know, and, and the read progression, some of them are very similar, some of them are very different. But, uh, you know, I've been studying that information since Coach Moss got hired. You know, he's done a great job of keeping me in the loop of, uh, you know, how things are going to go and what our progressions as quarterback are going to be. So I feel very comfortable with all that stuff right now. Um, you know, and for the rest of the offense, I think it's going to be very similar. You know, I think our wide receivers have done a good job of being in communication with Coach Moss. Um, you know, the rest of the offensive staff, I think that they realize, uh, you know, we're not just going to take it for granted that the offense is similar. They, they're putting in the time to study. You know, Darius Bowman was in, in Florida for minicamp, and I thought he did a great job. You know, he picked up right where he left off. Um, so there's there are some similarities. There are some differences. But at the same time, you know, in minicamp, you do kind of water it down because all those guys are new to the CFL with the exception of myself and a couple other veterans. So, you know, we didn't we didn't throw in the whole playbook, not even close to it, just a small percentage, um, you know, and everything was huddled up. There was no up-tempo offense going on. So the training camp is going to be a lot different, and it, there's going to be a lot more stress on us. But, uh, you know, I think it's all stuff that guys can handle. Uh, does this offense, in your mind, does it? It seems to me it kind of had its genesis in Montreal with Scott Milanovic when Chris Jones was there as well, and and carried over with Steve McAdoo in in Toronto, and then here, and Jason Moss, of course, was was an assistant coach in Toronto as well, and then took it to Ottawa. Is it all very similar to what we've seen throughout? You know, a couple of uh, a couple of versions of it with different teams. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, Mark Trestman. I think originated the offense, at least in, in from the information I've been getting. Uh, back in Montreal, that's, you know, the offense they were running with Calvillo that was very successful. Um, you know, and Milanovic took that to Toronto, and like you said, McAdoo uh, and Moss picked up on that from Milanovic. 
Um, you know, and so it's kind of spread out around the league now. But the interesting thing about it is that it seems like each coach kind of takes that and adapts it to their coaching style and to the play of their players. So I know when McAdoo first got to Edmonton, we were running a much different offense at the beginning of 2014 than we were at the end of 2015 in the Grey Cup because we adapted that to what I did well and to what Darius did well and Darrell Walker and all the other guys on our offense. We changed some things that we didn't like, added some new things, made some new things up that we thought might work. Um, you know, I can I can tell the Moss did the same thing in Ottawa now is now bringing that to Edmonton uh, because it's there are differences and uh, some of the stuff is very familiar and some of the stuff you know we've never run before so uh, you know it it changes as each coach kind of takes it under their wing and makes it their own um, and we've done the same here with Moss and the offense that he brought from Ottawa we're not going to be running the exact same offense that Ottawa did last year. It's going to be similar to that, but we're going to mold it into the players that we have on our team and make sure it works the best for us. Eskimo quarterback Mike Roddy joining us this afternoon uh, on the Eskimo Show. As I recall last year, Mike, uh, Ottawa went a lot of no huddle. Are we, do you think we're going to see a lot of that? Yeah, you know, they did. They had an up-tempo offense. I think it worked really well for them. And, you know, obviously I'm not going to sit here and – give away any keys or secrets to what we're going to do offensively during the season, but up-tempo is obviously a big part of, of Jason Moss's mindset mentality as an offensive coordinator, um, and that's not going to be any different this year for us. You know, we're going to we're going to utilize that to the best of our abilities. We did some of that stuff uh, under McAdoo last year. I know he wanted to, to do more than we were able to, and I think it, it's a benefit to the offense. The times that we did run it, we were able to tire out the defense, um, and it puts a lot of pressure on them. They can't substitute nearly as much. The D-line gets tired, so their pass rush uh, starts to slow down, um, you know, and they can't disguise things quite as well defensively when they don't know if the ball's going to get snapped right away. So there's certainly a lot of positives to up-tempo, no-huddle offense, and we're going we're gonna to utilize some of that stuff to our benefit, um, you know, during the season. But it also puts a strain on the offense. Everybody's got to be on the same page in the communication uh, that you normally get during a huddle. Uh, You've got to figure out different ways to do that uh, before the ball is snapped, whether it's through signals or, or verbal communication or whatever else. Um, so we definitely are going to take around things during training camp and, and see what works best for our offense. But uh, I would not be surprised if you saw a lot of that out of us this year. All right. Uh, Mike Riley's our guest on the Eskimo Show this afternoon. We'll take a break. We'll be back with more. You're listening to the Eskimo Show on 630 Chet. Morley Scott back with Mike Riley, who joins us on the phone this afternoon. Mike, last time I talked to you, I think it was about uh, three weeks or so uh, after uh, the Grey Cup game, uh, you had mentioned you hadn't had and didn't know if you are going to get a day with the Grey Cup or not. As I, I recall, the <laughs> quote was, I can't get it away from the offensive lineman. Um, did you ever get a day with the Cup? No, you know what? I did not. I did not get a day with the Grey Cup. Um, you know, I, I, I wasn't even aware that you were allowed to take it out of the country until I saw that Chris Jones had it at some cornbread thing yeah, going on. That's going on this weekend, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, um, I, I had plenty of time with the Grey Cup with my teammates in Edmonton, and uh, some of the best memories that I have are from that. You know, I just recently Brian Ramsey announced his retirement uh, from the game of, of football after I think it was like ten or eleven years, and he was he was and is a good and close friend of mine. And some of my best memories are the four or five days after we got back to Edmonton, just taking the, the cup around with him and some of the other guys, 
um, and just enjoying the celebration. So, um, you know, I, I definitely got what I wanted out of that Grey Cup experience. And, um, you know, at this point in time, like I say, I've moved on. I'm ready for the next season. And, uh, you know, we'll have to win it again. And once we do, uh, maybe I'll be a little more vocal about wanting a full day with it. But uh, I, I have no complaints at this point in time. All right. I think November 29th was a pretty good day with the Grey Cup, as you say, right? That's not bad. Yeah, that was okay. <laughs> um Let's go back to minicamp in Florida last weekend. Uh, how much scouting do you do at these camps? There's a lot of guys there that you don't know, I'm sure, but a lot of guys that you go, oh, I, number 87, is his hands are pretty good. Number four, his hands are pretty good. Uh, what was? Do you take notes on, on guys out there and think, oh, that, that guy maybe has a chance to make an impact? Yeah, you know, I certainly do. I think the more years that I've, you know, got in in this league in terms of you know another year of being a veteran under my belt uh you kind of learn how important that these camps are and and how you need at least one or two guys from this camp each year to come in and make an impact on your team if you're going to be successful um so i do try to keep my eyes out and see who impresses me the most um this year i actually took quite a bit more reps than i have the last two years in this mini camp uh because coach moth really wanted me to get some experience under his offense, um, you know, and knock that rust off. And so it was a great camp for me in terms of being able to get get, get out and get some valuable reps. Uh, but I still had time to, to take an eye on the new guys and, and see kind of what was going on. And there was definitely some guys that I was impressed with, um, you know, and they're getting the invite to come to camp. Obviously, they, they caught the eye of everybody else as well, and it'll be interesting to see who's able to make an impact. And, you know, it's one thing to, to stand out from everybody down in Florida. It's a whole other thing to stand out from everybody uh, back in Commonwealth, you know, starting May 29th or whenever training camp starts. Uh, speaking of reps, uh, have you talked to Jason Moss about the preseason yet? I think he got to touch the ball, I think, four times in a preseason game last year. Um, and then you didn't. Yeah. To, then you only got to touch it for half a game before you didn't touch it for a while. Uh, yeah. it, fair to yeah. say we'll probably see in, in, in more preseason play this year because of the new system? I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, you know, I, I have talked to Coach Moss a bit about that, and it was a very short conversation uh, in regards to him basically just telling me uh, we're not going to operate that way that I am going to play in the preseason games. Um, and, again, it goes back to what I said with uh, the up-tempo offense that we want to run and, and we got to figure out the best way to do it. Um, you know, those preseason reps are, are very valuable so that um, you're not you're no longer experimenting once the regular season starts. You've already taken care of that in the preseason game. So I do expect to play. Um, a decent bit in the preseason games. I know historically the first game is usually, uh, you know, a lot less for the veterans, and the second game uh, is when you get a considerable amount of work done. I don't know if that's how we're going to structure it, but I know I'm going to get a lot more than five snaps or whatever it was. Um, so, you know, I'm looking forward to that. And, again, um, I understand how it goes. You know, you got two games, and you got to be able to evaluate young guys. And last year we were in a situation where the staff really felt like they needed to evaluate uh, the quarterback position uh, at the depth with uh, Franklin and Lynch and some of those other guys that were on the roster. So that played a decent part in that as well. Um, you know, but, uh, again, I think uh, Coach Moss has been very clear that the most important thing for him during the preseason is to get – his veterans ready to play uh, for the for the opening game uh, at home against Ottawa. So I do expect to play a fair amount. Uh, 
Uh, last one for you, Mike. Give me your thoughts on, on the offense and how much better it can be or how different it can be. First off, uh, with Jason Moss as offensive coordinator, you, you lost a pretty potent guy in Kenny Stafford who made an awful lot of big catches uh, for you last year. Uh, you've added Chris Getzlaff, and you're going to add John White probably back to the mix again as well after his year off with the Achilles. Uh, what are your thoughts on how good this offense can be in 2016? Yeah, you know, there was some, some tough stuff that happened for us offensively last year. Obviously, John White was a huge loss. Um, you know, it's not good when your starting quarterback goes down for half the season in the first you know, the first game. So, um, all that being said, I thought we held our own pretty well. Uh, and offensively, I really felt like we started to click kind of last month of the season. Uh, the last two or so regular season games and the two playoff games, you know, I thought our offense played extremely well. I think we were the best offense in the league, and I don't think anybody would doubt that uh, when you're talking about the last month of the season. But, um, you know, we didn't start out how we wanted to, uh, not just for the whole season, but for the individual games. It seemed like we always seemed to come out slow, um, and that's something that Coach Boss has spoken with myself and the other veterans on offense about. We want to figure out why that was and eliminate that so we can come out of the gates quick. Um, you know, and I do think that we have a potential to have a very explosive offense. Again, I don't want to talk as if we didn't have a good offense last year. Uh, I thought McAdoo did a great job, uh, but I also think that there are going to be certain things that Coach Moss is going to change um, or do a little bit differently that I think will benefit us, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. But, again, it just it's, it falls on our shoulders. You know, the, the coordinator and, and, in our case, the head coach, uh, you know, they can draw up. You know, only so many plays. We've got to go out on the field and execute it as players. So, um, you know, I think this is just another year uh, that we have playing together. It's another year that our offensive line uh, has has played a whole season together, and they're just going to continue to get better and better. I think, you know, in my opinion, they're the best offensive line in the league, uh, and they're just going to continue to improve. And, uh, you know, again, I think we had some, some guys in minicamp, um, you know, that are going to help out our offense in replacing some of the pieces that we lost. Um, you know, and again, like you said, Getzlaff and Corey Watson, Nate Kuhorn give us great Canadian depth um, at our wide receiver position. And, you know, I don't think anybody's arguing into the boundary with Adarius and Darrell. we got the best one-two combo in the league. So, uh, yeah, I do think that uh, there's a lot of potential for us to be great offensively. But, again, that's all talk. we got to go out there and prove it. And everyone's looking forward to it uh, getting here. It's uh, it's not June, but we're getting close. Mike, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, enjoy what's left of the off season, and we'll see you when you get here. All right. Thanks a lot, Morley. Can't wait. There you go. That's Eskimo quarterback Mike Riley, who's planning right now to set up shop in Edmonton about mid-May or so. Of course, training camp starts uh, the last weekend in May. First preseason game for the Eskimos is June 11th, and I like the fact that Riley said in that interview he will play a lot more in this preseason uh, than he did in last year's preseason, where he only had about four or five snaps. Uh, Riley and the uh, offense, man, it's going to have a good look to it this year. We're going to have to wait and see how that develops with the new offensive coordinator and head coach, Jason Moss. As mentioned off the top of the show the CFL of the NFL this week announced a new partnership to form an officiating developmental program it's going to help NFL officials get better it's going to help CFL officials get better they're going to work together some CFL officials will work preseason games in the NFL they'll also go to mini camps and training camps and be involved in the officials development program in the NFL as well uh, the uh, VP of football for the Canadian Football League former referee himself is Glenn Johnson he was on with Reed Wilkins on Friday and he talked about how this program got put together. 
Well, when I first joined the league, I, I made it, uh, you know, part of what I wanted to do every day was to try and figure out just how to get better. And that meant talking to other leagues, other pro sports, you know, anybody I could that had ideas, you know, to how to, how to take our officials who are already very good, you know, to get them better. And I spent a bunch of time with Dean Blandino in the NFL. So we shared some thoughts and ideas and, you know, we would share a few best practices and, and things like that. And we both came to the same conclusion that, you know, what we really need is we need more practice. We need more pro snaps. It's hard for our guys to practice. It's not like I can call up a buddy and say, Hey, let's go down to the field and practice officiating. So, you know, what we need to do is actually just get more snaps. And what this uh, development partnership does is it puts us, you know, on each other's fields, um, at each other's training camps, and uh, has, you know, the opportunity for us to share best practices and, and, you know, try new things on those fields. That's the Canadian Football League's VP of Football, Glenn Johnson. That's also the program for this week. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Do appreciate it. Coming up next after the news, it'll be the Sheets Show with Chris Sheets. My name's Morley Scott. Thanks for joining us today. We'll talk more football in seven days' time.